1: to this episode of Property Jam the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property and we thought we'd uh, tackle the topic of serviced accommodation this week in the sense that <laughs> the good the bad and the downright ugly from personal experience of staying in them <laughs> but also attempting it ourselves and so <laughs>
2: I love how I mean, you say attempting it I, well i'd
0: say okay. I don't think any of us here profess to be service accommodation experts. It's not a strategy that we've gone into as a number one strategy. This is what we're going to do. And we're buying this property just to do it.
1: No, for sure. It's been Uh, the backup strategy. Exactly. It was the plan B or the interim fix. It's been an interim fix strategy for me, and I dabbled, which and it was probably one of the worst dabbles I've ever had. But we'll come back to that later because I think we should start with uh, your boy's recent story in East London and the depths and the dark side of East London. What happened?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, this is what prompted the conversation, but it, it's quite relevant now. Service accommodation. Before I get into that, and we can come back to to to, to, to this bit in a moment. But um, changes a whole... foot. There's changes afoot. Yeah. So we look at the levelling up and regeneration bill. We're going to have council tax for second homes, holiday homes going to be, I, said, I think, doubled is what they're talking about at the moment. Yep. So extra expenses. Uh, it's pretty much the same as what they do with the empty homes, uh, empty homes rates. So you get double tax, council tax. Um. Then we're, they're also consulting on making um, having a register of licensed holiday homes um and or not licensed maybe but a register of holiday homes and also uh, the potential that you're going to planning permission so they might introduce a, a, a c5 use class say so, uh, you know we c one being the hotel apart hotel your type of accommodation and um, so that's the official you allow to do it and there's a lot of people doing c3 c4 mm-hmm. service accommodation which is a bit of a gray area and the council kind of you know let it happen, or if they find out about it, they might question it. But in reality, I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be a clarification that you can't just go ahead and do this. Um, and it might be when uh, back in 2008, C4 was introduced. Mm, declare uh, because, your
1: HMO.
0: Declare your HMOs because uh, there was a problem with HMOs. And then Article 4 came in. So, in a similar way, there might be a C5. Um, which comes in to say so if you want to make it a second home and then if you fit certain criteria or similar to like 90 day rule in London something like that so you can let it out for 90 days and then if you go beyond that then it's a business therefore it has to be a different use class and registered Um, which me and and, and I don't think you're going to get any grandfather rights um, I think that would be silly of the government to allow that to happen because they're trying to get you know get those homes back into into normal use so it's it's so what will happen probably happen is you'll need to apply for it, and if you're in the wrong location, you don't comply with policy, then they'll say no, you can't do this. You're ha- you're a family home now. So the service accommodation, I think, is it, industry. I think is in for a bit of a shock.
1: I'm not opposed to it. I don't know. like I just sort of think it's all right to do this. It doesn't feel like a, a it doesn't feel like a piss take simply because the precedent has been set with other forms of strategy. Um. I don't know. I just don't feel like it's a an issue. Do you? I'm not. I'm not.
2: I've I've no objections to it either. Um, as long as it's done consistently. Um, yeah. and it's like a one rule for everyone, mm. not very specific to where you are. Um, because there are a lot of people like in all uh, strategies in HMOs, in buy in service accommodation, there are people just taking the absolute piss. Pissly. Totally. And the, the flat that we stayed in at the weekend was a prime example of that. <laughs> um, yeah. So there is a lot of money to be made in it. And when mm. you're in a very busy market in a busy location, people actually don't have to go to a lot of effort to make money on it because they know they're going to get bookings anyway. Mm. So how, is... much did,
0: how much did we pay for that then on, on Friday night? It was, that th- it was just it about 300 quid.
2: Yeah, it was about 300 quid for one night. For one night? For one night Good. in what in what was supposed to be was supposed to be a three bedroom flat with a lounge and a like sofa bed in the lounge. <laughs> That's not what we got. <laughs> we got a two bedroom flat <laughs> with two extra beds in the lounge along with a sofa.
0: <laughs> and there was and there's supposed to be a kitchen but I'm, I'm not sure how you do any cooking in it. Because there was no real <laughs> worktop.
2: There was no worktops in the kitchen. <laughs> it
0: did, 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 did have a sink, though. It did have a sink. It did have a sink. There was a fridge, and there was a freestanding hob from the fifties, and then, but maybe seventies, maybe nineties. I may I remember being. Oh, what like, with were like?
1: Were those fridge. like gas gas lights? Gas, ho-
0: yeah, gas hob thing. And, and and but, but the thing is, it didn't have a worktop or any any cupboard down below. But it had a whole row of, of upper ones. What do you call them?
2: Well, Walls, you, wall, wall units, wall yeah. covers yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, they also had what looked like um a heater from the seventies, didn't it, on the wall in the in the uh electric heater uh, in the hallway.
2: What
1: like a hallway. an old fashioned storage heater, like one of those sort of shitty sort of. It wasn't even. Heat? It wasn't even a storage heater. I don't
2: know what it was. So it was just brown. It... It looked yeah. like
0: a back boiler.
1: No. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: Right? So was and the it, decor really shit as well?
2: Decor was a. Did leave a lot to the imagination. It was beige. Yeah. Beige. it had and it had it had an was it orange or yellow wall?
0: It was it, it, the feature colour they had chosen was yellow. Yeah. And they went to town with the yellow.
1: Oh, wow. So it it was
0: had, like, yeah.
2: there was one one plug socket in the in the lounge because it was sorry, one plug socket in the lounge that worked. The other one was hidden behind one of the beds and was held together with uh, masking tape or that black oh. gaffer tape.
0: And then I remember, I remember when I went to bed and I, and I came out and I was like, I'm trying to charge my phone in, in the bedroom because because they, because we were expecting four different rooms to sleep in. We only ended up with three. Niall and I had to bite the bullet and and share together because um, because well we couldn't let the team you know, share. That's not really fair. Niall oh, had, the
1: team was with you. Is that why you had this three is beds? Work,
0: this, is, this is the work. Uh, yeah, this is a, uh, so yeah, the
1: conference. Yeah. Four yeah. colleagues
0: um, working together on, on the conference. We thought, Aww. oh yeah, we'll just get a four bed apartment. You'll um, be more, yeah, more fun to stay together, and rather than hotel rooms and and a bit cheaper,
1: cost effective,
0: um, cost effective, etc. And it was just, it was a mistake. Um,
2: <laughs> they had the they had the side lamp or a table lamp in the bedroom, but no plug to plug it into, or no socket to plug it into.
0: Because <laughs> actually, there, there, there was a plug socket, but it was right at the back behind the bed. And in order to fit, put plug in it, you had to pull the bed out just to have the plug in keep it in. So. Um, and then there was no gap to walk between the beds because there was no so, so, so far rammed in. But it's, it's just when I came out and um, I said, there's no plug in here. And you said, "Oh, there's a bedside lamp. I went back and looked. I was like, we still plugged in. <laughs> and there's no plug here.
1: I'm losing it. I'm losing it. What was this place?
2: And then the, the gas boiler was in the bedroom that we stayed in. And when I went to have a shower, Matt was still asleep but as soon as it turned on the hot water it was just like an old tractor starting up
0: it actually felt like the uh the, the whole building was going to take off
1: stop <laughs> it oh uh, my god and that's 300 quid a
2: night 300 uh, quid a night <laughs> yeah but um, it, was it was clean,
0: clean. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> was, it was clean although, although it did smell like bo like you know, th- there were some teenage boys who stayed there the night before. Oh yeah. my
1: god! Instantly, no. Like instantly, yeah. no.
0: And what else? Uh, yeah, we saw there was a card from the council because they obviously weren't paying their council tax or were in trouble, and um, because the council wanted to discuss their council tax position.
1: Oh my goodness! Well, that explains the three hundred quid a night then.
2: Yeah, it was in um, a block of council flats. Right. Um. So they're obviously not registered, or just taking the absolute piss. This.
1: I can't believe that they've just thought. Let's make a quick buck. So this is this is this that kind of property that the regulation will help stamp out, because there'll be a lot of people doing that nonsense, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I the 90-day rule, hasn't it?
2: Yeah. It does. Yeah. So I would have. I would. Have, I would have gotten over the location and the factors in the council block of flats that's sure. very typical of the area that's kind of what you expect in east london and yeah. that better would have gotten over but it's although, just... although
0: our 20 uh, our 23 year old um, marketing guy um who got... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's never been, been to london a while <laughs> i don't think he's ever been in east london at least not that far into he east was... london <laughs> so it's
1: a culture, culture shock for him massively like was he just like what as soon as, as, where are you taking
2: as, us as soon as we went into the flat he put the um chain lock on the door <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, like, he did I, I think if he had to stay there on his own he probably would have run a mile
1: oh my god that is the funniest thing oh, uh, so how, there was there was four of you inside the house was there
2: there were yeah. four of us yeah so what did
1: the other two do they had to share the other room together
2: one of them took the lounge the other one, one took, took the other thing. bedroom
1: oh god what was the couch like was it dirty
2: well, no, there's a that- second bed and a double bed.
1: Oh, okay. Rand- so random. So they're literally piling them up.
2: 100%. Yeah, there were So there was two, four, six beds in the house. <laughs> in a two-bedroom In a two-bedroom apartment.
0: <laughs> and it, you're right. It's just the, exactly the type of flat which is perfect for, uh, you know, a couple, a young family... Um, mm. And someone's obviously gone and, um well, I don't know, they might be subletting it from the council. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Oh, true. Or, 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 or from a landlord. A right
0: to buy. <clears throat> or from a landlord. Yes. Mm. Well, it, it was on booking.com. So I'm sure they've got some checks to get it onto booking.com. Oh,
2: I, I, well, and, to, and to be fair, I don't know if the book or the checking in instructions and all of that would have come through booking.com, but that, that part of the process was actually quite efficient. Um, because you know, sending us the details um with the check in
1: process.
2: Yeah, Yeah, true.
0: It's also Money possible that the, the, they're being managed by a third party um who's just, I, re- I reckon it's Renter SA. Mm.
2: Mm, quite likely, actually.
0: And they've got more than one block in that, um more than one flat in that block because we were supposed to stay at number 22 and we actually were given number 48. So I think the one we booked was actually a three bed. And the one we got was a two bed. and I don't know why they gave us that. Maybe because they realized they'd undercharged us and they wanted 400 quid for a three bed. Um, Or or done that
1: classic rookie thing where they put them on multiple platforms that don't speak to each other and then just got another booking and just farmed you off into another one.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so booking.com are are investigating and I intend to get the, the money back
1: damn right because that is just the fact that it's a business trip as well and you were forced to sleep with your business partners <laughs> I mean I know you guys are close but wow like... well
2: we did we did have separate beds we were just there's two beds oh yeah you to, to clarify
0: room. yeah there were two beds in the bedroom but wasn't that like, like an bed.
1: inch apart <laughs> so
2: pretty it pretty might as well
1: have been a double bed
2: <laughs> but if uh, my the, I slept in the in the in a double bed which was about this much below or lower than than the single bed. So the uh, beds weren't even the same type of bed or No, I, I,
0: could, I could have rolled off and onto Nile.
2: Oh, that would have been
1: lovely. What a nice surprise in the night.
2: <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, <clears throat> did you manage to sleep at least?
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty well. Okay, pretty well. The, the pillows was... were rock hard.
0: They were, actually, yes, I remember.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
0: was yeah. like, they give me a rock for a pillow and drops it on the float. Right?
2: <laughs> there was, like, no <laughs> give in it whatsoever. There was, I think they were, may have started off life as memory foam pillows, but now they're just rock hard foam pillows. With no memory. Just... With no memory. I've got Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Pillows with dementia. Oh, oh
1: okay. This place sounds horrendous. It's so funny. Oh, God. And was it one night you stayed there?
0: One night. Yeah,
2: thankfully. Oh. And
0: uh, thankfully, the show was a huge success. So we'll be, uh, we'll be going for the penthouse next time. Definitely. Keep yeah.
1: top floor of the council block. Woohoo! <laughs> Although,
2: Just to give it one bit of credit, that the shower was really good. It had good pressure in the shower.
0: Yeah, okay. so, so uh, no, no eco shower heads on that one.
2: No eco shower heads, no. Wow.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: How um, funny. Oh, man. Um... So yes, yeah, so
0: our experience of service accommodation recently has been pretty poor. Um, so therefore, I'm um, they're well up for uh, some kind of licensing regulation. You talked about um, being up for it as well, Jay. But if you think about what's going on in the market at the moment, we've got 66 rental homes being lost every single day. That's to sale and also probably to going to short-term let. So um, getting short-term lets back into home ownership, I think, is a positive thing. And I think a lot of people have been hoodwinked into buying courses about um, rent to SA, which yeah. is possibly not going to work anymore, because I think it's a highly risky strategy in a lot of areas.
1: Well yeah, and also Personally,
0: I mean, yeah. I
1: agree. I just I mean also the whole rent to rent thing with ghost landlords and stuff like this, it's that mm. whole area is such a grey area, isn't it? Because it's like it's always about pinpointing pinpointing the legal liability in the event something changes, you know, or something goes wrong. Is it the fault of the owner or is it the fault of the person who's renting out on the owner's behalf? And it's you know, it's so complex. And by regulating that you mitigate
0: those questions I, I think there's a i think there's a market for it i think it should be i think it should be allowed to happen
2: yeah um,
0: but but within reason it's like everything else it, it it needs to be professionalized otherwise it becomes a cowboy industry yeah and people that have got obscene experience um starting out and having two or three of them and and um messing people around in the pandemic all going under going bust i think we'll see a a load of rent to sa businesses just disappearing in the next year as legislation changes
1: honestly bring it on it's the same with deal packaging i think i hate i love the fact that sourcing is getting more regulated now because deal packaging has been one of those faddy educational ploys that's just been marketed to fuck to appeal to young people under 25 to just go out find anything put a pack together for investors to save them time with no robust understanding of a deal and how to run numbers and do the due diligence on an area assess demand you know just package anything that it's like kids running a, a business um and i just think the likes of you know gurus out there um saying that this is the way you make money this is the way this is the this way.
2: Is the way. <laughs> yeah, there were quite a, quite a lot of people, actually, that came up to our stand at the weekend. And we're talking about and looking for, um, I guess, a bit of guidance and understanding as to how the mindset of a landlord actually works, because they were looking to get into rent to SA or rent to HMO. So trying to understand what the landlord looks for, trying to understand how best to operate in HMO, a HMO without. And it's just like... <laughs> Um, you're actually running this business, and after you've set it up, you're trying to figure out how to run it or how to do it properly. Surely you yeah, should have few, learned that first.
0: Yeah, a few people like that say, "Yeah, I'm doing the sourcing, I'm doing rent to rent, and and just okay." So you've just come off as, Um
1: uh, uh, you nearly said it, I nearly
0: heard you say it." Yeah, you, you just just come off someone's course. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, just, I'm, yeah, just, uh, just, I'm doing this, doing this, and then they have the conversation: like, "How long are we doing it?" Um, and she said, oh, i She said, I'm finding deals really easily. And I said, How long have you been doing it? A month. A month. I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, have a free copy of my book. Read that and then come, then come and speak to us.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then and now we're this. And then right. it's like, where where are you where, what's your area? So like London well that narrows it down I'll have a property in London please thank you
1: (laughs) would it happen to be council flats in East London by any chance it (laughs) (laughs) It terrifies me it absolutely terrifies me like I said so many of the younger ones I teach nowadays they've all done that kind of course and they just they can't see that that (laughs) that uh belief that you can have an equitable stake in property and go down the whole raising money to make it happen route just almost feels completely inaccessible to them so they're just latching on to this fastest route to cash I don't think exactly. so much
0: there we go we've gone off on a tangent from service accommodation but I think but you're yeah. absolutely right I think um a lot of courses out there are selling a dream of cash flow and actually mm. it's hindering their ability to become property investors if they just yeah. started as property investors they'd be you know they'd move there yeah they'll be much better off uh, because you can get there in, in in the first year or two of starting um you don't have to go and make a business of five of yeah over the course of three four years which are probably going to give up i think every rent to renter that i know that's buying properties now has given up their rent to rent portfolio or sold yep. that business because, mm. um they just can't be bothered
2: yeah i think it's like you said it as well Matt, at the beginning obviously we're not uh service accommodation professionals but from what I can see, it's a very labour-intensive business, and it's extremely sore on properties. It's
1: not property investing; it's business. It's a running yeah. business. You're a booking agent.
2: You're a booking agent, yeah. And a booking agent, yes.
0: You're, you're a you're a red coat or a blue a, coat.
1: You're the middle. You're the cheese and the cheese sandwich, facilitating everything. And you're not actually. You haven't got a stake. You haven't got any asset worth. It's just it's cash flow then yeah again the, the it's the single point of failure um if you're just doing that is is that legislation will change which kind of regulations coming in so it's like now what now what are all these kids gonna do you know um, and just ah, oh, just the idea of taking something and renting it out as an hmo if you just take somebody's house and just rent it out as an hmo is like a 24 year old <laughs> Like, it's just oh the
0: words the words are not coming to you they it's can't not, they're not it's
1: just so scary because we know what's involved with all of that you know just just from fire safety alone and all the stuff all the hoops we have to jump through with licensing if it's you know five or more peeps etc you know it's just oh i don't know just feels a bit risky <sighs>
2: it is a bit well, risky
0: well joe tell us a little we should talk about our own experience of service accommodation and yeah um because Uh, as we we talked about service combination being a backup strategy for us rather than a prime strategy yeah uh, you know we've got two properties where that's no three actually so two where it's been an interim strategy and then one where it's actually saved the day right so we the, the first one that we did FA on was probably was it Stockport or was it Portsmouth.
2: I think Stockport came
0: first. Stockport came first, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, I had this planning issue of of trying to get the my HMO permission on, on this block of flats, and basically turning the, the, them into cluster flats so that you could rent them out by the room, which is how it was designed. And um, so I had a struggle getting it and I got it eventually uh, this year, this year, no, end of last year, um, 2022. And in the meantime, I had to get it cash flowing because I had this property, it's on a mortgage, I had to pay the mortgage mortgage was expensive because was a big block of flats um and it really wants to rent it just on asts so you didn't quite you didn't quite bring in enough money to justify it so what i did is i um did it a service combination and it worked all right it was probably bringing in on average 10 to eleven thousand pounds a month something like that um and uh, so it was doing okay um but the service combination agents and turnaround and management and maintenance was quite high as mm. service that's why i didn't like it so much and then now we're just um tenanting it all out by the room as we speak and it's closer to about fourteen thousand pounds a month and management fees is half what i was paying and the maintenance is less and the i don't have to clean it as often
1: yeah
0: so it's actually you so, say um that for that one Service accommodation was not a be, was not the best strategy, um,
1: but as an interim solution,
0: as an interim solution, it, you know, it, for about eighteen months, it, you know, it really helps. So that was really really great. I mean, exactly same essentially the same story in Portsmouth, wasn't it, now?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was obviously whilst we were waiting for planning permission to come through to be able to rent it as HMO, um, we a friend of mine actually is a um, service accommodation manager. Um, so she took it on and let it out for us. And in the summertime, June, July, August, September, it did really, really well. Um, throughout the rest of the year, it was quite sporadic, but still quite popular. Like we get a lot of Monday to Friday type workers that would be in the, in the city working. Um, they would take it on Monday to Friday, maybe for two or three months at a time.
1: Mm, that's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. God, so my <laughs> experience was completely opposite because my one, when I tried it it was only getting bookings at the weekend so huh? yeah which was crazy because it was and, and the the market so it was in Lincoln and the market was um so the reason I had to do essay as an interim structure is because by the time uh it was just the wrong time in the student cycle that's all and I can't remember if I've talked about this in the podcast before or not but yeah I just uh you have that gap between refurb being completed oh no 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 this was it It was pre-refurb and um, it was pre-refurb but it was just at the wrong point of the year so I needed to kind of rent it out uh, service accommodation until the refurb started and then line once the refurb was done tenants would see it for the following academic year so I just had to plug that gap and oh my god like I thought oh Brilliant. I was running numbers. I was assuming 60% occupancy. I was sort of like, you know, assuming that people would be staying in the week. Never. Not one booking was received. And we did it by uh, booking.com <clears throat> and Airbnb. Um, and not once did I get a booking midweek. It was all just weekends. And it was like people sort of popping into Lincoln to visit their kids at uni or, you know, people who were just passing through Lincoln. There was never, there was no consistent market. Um okay, okay so it was just really hard so I just remember because the joke of it was it was um Harry my letting agent who helped me with it and uh we sort of put our heads together was like what could we what could we do in the interim um and it really wasn't HMO worthy um at the time so we were like "Mm, okay we'll just do SA and oh my god it was just I hated the whole thing people just moaned um you know they moaned about everything from like the Tupperware to the plates to the bowls to the the cutlery to the I mean I it was. Just, well, I think like,
0: I can't imagine you put a lot of love and effort into was that say
1: but the price reflected it the price reflected what it was right and it's it was and it was described as a no frills uh sort of um accommodation I think um and we were trying to appeal to sort of yeah transient workers in the area that was the whole thing it was just because that was that that was the market that it matched you know a tradie being in there would have been ideal it was that kind of vibe and we didn't get that at all we got people who were coming to lincoln to sort of see the sites or visit their kids moaning um you know about the blinds frills yeah the frills and i'm like babe did you but this one lady come from america <laughs> Oh my god poor Harry cuz he was just like oh I'll just I'll I'll do this in the interim and just run it for you I was like oh thanks mate and this woman she was just she gave him so much stick she was ringing him continuously bugging him at all times of the day and night uh she stayed for two nights and in the end she was like I can't stay here and like literally because he'd gone to the property to meet her and help her out with something that she'd complained about and she said like come on and she just st- stomped out like stomped out of the house then we had a I had a couple of Hindus come and stay and they absolutely one loved it I remember reading the reviews one absolutely loved it and said this is the best the best it was such a party house they had the best time and the other ones that said you'd have to pay me to stay there next time same party of people and I was just like oh god yeah um it was just um for me it was just a a way to to plug the cash flow gap but it was like you say, I didn't put enough into it, but i I didn't mislead anyone with the marketing. I did kind of say what it was, yeah. which was just a mag- magnolia box of red blinds that's literally yeah. all it was with an old-fashioned kitchen so yeah
0: and, and um service corporation has also saved my bacon in um in one of my Warrington properties and one of HMO's the one that was rebranded for council tax
1: mm.
0: because we after, after a few years of of Trying to sort of sort it, he just gave up trying to sort the council tax thing, and ended up with a you're putting a service accommodation and then apply for business rates. And because it is we, we did we ran it as service accommodation and got business rates on the property, and because it's the only property in that company, uh, then we could with well, the only property in that only SA property in that company, we apply for small business rates relief and so I pay zero council tax or zero business rates on Ooh. that property now. So um that is uh, that that saved our bacon and also that pr- property because it was banded by the room it uh, performs so much better as a service combination
1: interesting mm.
0: so there's it really does it, it, so it's gone from one of our worst performers to one of our best performers and in fact um I've had the other way around as well one of my best performers think about um gate pr- property um, that, went, that was one of our best performers when it first started. And then the agent changed and it became one of our worst performers. That's a big difference. Well, the agent retired, should I say, and then the new agent that, that that took over the management um led it down a, a garden path of about 18 months or two years of of nightmare. And it's only just getting back to um, where, where it's supposed to be. So, um, yeah. So do HMOs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just,
1: I think service accommodation. Could be really great. And everyone I know who does service accommodation in our network does it like as their main strategy, absolutely kills it. The, the finish. And these on are beautiful properties. Property. Yeah. And this is the thing they're, they're all done to an absolute level of finish that is just is, is, is immaculate. And, you know, all playing by the rules, um, you know, very clear on their market. And it's a very lucrative business. I think it's the chances out there who are providing the kind of property that you guys stayed in the other night that is just it just lets the side down you know and it really does give our industry another bad name you know so bring on bring on the regulation is what i say so that all of our lot who's doing it right they're literally just box ticking because they've already got it in place you know the planning Mm, thing might be a thing but you know again they'll get it because it's in it's in it's compliant
2: right exactly and they don't need to go to for example that one we stayed in at the weekends like it they didn't have to go to an awful lot of extra effort to make it work that's right. No. It would have been actually, an easy, easy fix.
1: It sounds it actually makes the one that I attempted to do. It actually makes it sound. Sounds good, luxurious, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It was.
0: It was. <laughs> um, I, I even think of the thing is that really bothered me about that one. And I and I hadn't even realized. Um, because I I normally don't stay in places and this sounds 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 a bit wanky, but I don't stay in places three stars and below. I'm the same um so four four and five star all the way and this place had four stars
1: do me a favor
0: no I, I haven't even told you that um, I did not realize that but when I went back onto the ad to complain and I saw the number of because I was looking for things to say <laughs> I was just like I didn't you need to find too much to say but I was writing this this complaint and then I saw the rating I was like you'd be lucky to get one star how
1: do yeah. they do that how has that got four stars
0: i don't know i just ah. don't, i don't know if it's possible to rig the system on booking.com because even when i spoke to the guy i said um I, no one that stayed in this place is giving it four stars they might have given the, the yeah the the, the yeah the the, the the customer service is actually the, their process and systems have actually probably been okay
2: yeah i, I agree um, with that.
0: So they probably manage it relatively well, but they're just managing a property which... They're managing the wrong property. If they took their systems and processes and stuck it on a really nice property, I'd have been very, very happy. Yeah. Oh, I and if the, but, but they said the property was four stars. The service probably would go get four stars, but hell no.
2: That's about it. <clears throat> I'd had a nice dining table. But, and speaking But we, could, is, well, we couldn't use it because we had no kitchen to cook in.
0: Well... Speaking of that being it, I think we are going to have to round up today because I think we've, we've lost Joe into a barrel of stitches. Um, so I'm going to wrap us up there and say thank <laughs> you for listening to, to this podcast all about the the, the, the potential death of served accommodation. I've been Matt Baker. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> That's a goodbye for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a goodbye from me.